all, this is What Fresh Insight, a show that looks at the big questions from new, unexpected angles. Who are we? What is really going on? And how do we bring good into this mundane, sublime, spiritual, and sometimes silly world of ours? I'm Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician. Last week, I was talking about bodies and clothing and how people outside of us can sometimes help us connect the dots between data points where we just can't quite see what the pattern is. And today, I want to talk about a book that has done that for me regarding eating, of all things. The book is called Glucose Revolution. It's by Jessie Inchappé, and she's on Instagram at Glucose Goddess. But if you just look up Glucose Revolution, you'll find it. So this is a book basically about flattening blood sugar and avoiding sugar crashes and the role that glucose plays in our diet uh, regarding type, you know, regarding diabetes and prediabetes and polycystic ovarian syndrome and all these other kinds of things, hormonal imbalances that um, seem to be related to glucose levels in the body and specifically glucose spikes and then crashes in the body. I know uh, many people are very cautious around anything regarding a diet because man there's a lot of horrible stuff out there and I do want to note that this particular book is not at all geared around you need to lose a certain number of pounds or this is going to magically magic magic you a lower dress size or whatever the things are rather this is about feeling better and doing so in a way that is um It's really good for the long-term health of our bodies. I didn't get any sense of fat shaming or fat phobia in this book, but really just a sense of like, oh, this is this is a science-based way to think about how to how to eat in a way that makes us feel good. Okay, but what does that have to do with insights? Well, let's uh, back up a few years. I have been reading diet books uh, since I was in high school, and I I emphasize here reading diet books because I haven't actually done that much quote-unquote dieting. Um, I did have an Atkins stint in high school, and I have tried out the Always Hungry Diet, which is basically like um, eat slower carbs in particular ratios and uh, cut out, basically cut out junk food. What do you know? And that said, though, I have read a lot of diet books. Um, At least it feels like a lot to me, you know, South, what is it, South Beach Diet, uh, Adkins, Always Hungry, The End of Alzheimer's, How Not to Die, uh, which is like whole foods, plant-based, you know, forks, forks over knives type thing. And through all of these, there is a really, really consistent theme, maybe with the exception of Adkins. But basically for all these, you know, throwing Whole30, they're all like saying, cut out the junk food and eat basically whole foods. And then they quibble over things like, well, should you have oil or should you eat meat or should you eat dairy? But the basic theme here is, well, cut out the junk food like don't eat ultra processed food and up your fruits and vegetable intake. But most of these diets don't emphasize that. Most of them don't just say like, well, eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and minimize the ultra ultra processed stuff, you know, cut out the cheese puffs and the Twinkies, right? They they don't tend to say that. They They get into these like really complicated like ratios and you need to eat this like really specific kinds of things that for most people I know are impossible to maintain. Okay, so they, there's like this kind of like I have this sense as a complete non-expert as – I mean, I have no nutritional training. Um, like looking at this going like, but isn't this about like eating like fruits and vegetables, right? Right? This is kind of like the thing, yeah? At least, you know, upping those in our diets. Okay, so then I started following Jessie and Chopin on Instagram, I don't know, maybe a year ago. 
Um, and she's at the glucose or at glucose goddess. And suddenly, speaking of insights, suddenly all these things kind of like clicked in together. Like, why would these kind of like really different diets, like uh, diets that are saying, well, you need to eat so much uh, protein or diets that are saying, well, you know, it doesn't even matter if you have protein. You know, if you eat some beans, you'll be fine. That's enough protein. Diets that seem to be really different in their particulars. Why they so often make people feel better. Like, why do so many of these quote-unquote diets make people feel better? Oh, it's about the glucose. At least that's the read that I'm taking from Glucose Revolution. Basically, what uh, Jesse is arguing is that when you are flattening your glucose scores, and I say arguing, by which I mean like, you know, here's all the science behind this. Like, this isn't just, this wouldn't be like me trying to argue with this. This is like actually like science-based arguing. <laughs> let's make, let's make that clear. Uh, this, this is not, not just a, someone, uh, just making things up. There's, there's a lot of science behind this and a lot of research behind this. Um, basically saying that flattening your glucose curve which, by the way, has a lot to do with like eating your fruits and vegetables and uh, cutting out the junk food or minimizing the junk food. Um, why those things would have such a drastic effect on how people feel and why people feel better when they don't, you know, eat a bunch of donuts and then have a sugar crash, right? Which, on one hand, like we know that eating a bunch of sugar and then crashing is going to make us feel horrible. And we know that, you know, if we eat certain things in the morning, we're going to feel really lousy at 2 p.m., which, by the way, it is, looking at my clock, it's exactly 45 seconds before 2 p.m. Um, and I feel fantastic right now <laughs> because I've been making some changes uh, to help flatten my glucose curve. And what I appreciate about this on the insight level is kind of seeing that big picture of, oh, this is why all these disparate things matter. It's not just eat more fruits and vegetables, but what that what that practice is doing in our bodies to make a difference. Because it's not just like, oh, you're you'll have fiber and then you won't be constipated, but rather, oh, this is uh, this is doing something to your blood sugar, and you will notice changes even within a day in making these specific changes. So I wanted to tell you some some of these uh, specific things um, that I, I just found astonishing because I never never heard these anywhere. And, and then I tried this. I'm like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. So for instance, one of the things that flattens a glucose curve is eating meals, eating uh, types of food in a particular order, specifically eating vegetables first and then proteins and then starches. So rather than eating, say, a chicken sandwich, you'd eat the chicken, then you'd eat the, or rather you'd eat the vegetables, then you'd eat the chicken, and then you'd eat the bread. Rather than eating it all together as a sandwich. And why would that matter? I mean, my, my first impulse is like, but why would that, you know, I guess I'm kind of a skeptic. Why would that matter? Like, you know, it's all the same food. It's all going to the same place. Oh, because in your stomach, when you put the fiber in first and then the protein in first and then the starch, which by the way, turns into glucose, why would that matter? Well, the fiber slows everything down and the protein slows everything down. So your bloodstream is not getting hit, bang, with that sugar like it would if you just ate, say, a donut. And we all know that feeling of eating something really, really sweet and having that like little sugar rush. And then, oof, it does not feel good an hour or two later. Uh, another thing that, um, another thing that uh, Jesse suggests, and again, this is all research-based. There are particular studies where people have tried this and measured their blood sugar, is Never eating a starch just by itself, but pairing it with a protein or a fat or a fiber. Um, so, for instance, 
if you're going to eat um, bread or uh, french fries, eating it alongside um, beans or vegetables or whatever kind of thing it is that goes along. She, she talks about it as a putting, putting clothing on your carbs, put clothes on the carbs, uh, because of how that affects your blood sugar. And this to me is the insight, like just to, just to reiterate, it's, um, it's not a particular like, oh, if you, uh, eat this way in uh, 14 days, you will lose seven pounds or some like, you know, magical, like cabbage soup diet nonsense. Uh, but rather you're going to feel a whole lot better if you flatten your glucose. And then as a result, long-term, you know, you're helping with diabetes. If you have hormonal imbalances or picos, like you're really helping with those types of things. It helps with acne and, you know, whether those particular things are immediate concerns for us, I think the whole promise of like, this will actually make you feel a lot better starting today is a really big promise. And at least in my life is is one that is, um, is, uh, is making a difference. And this actually leads into my delight of the week, uh, which is... <laughs> I feel I feel silly saying this, but this is like so important and it's made a big change in my life. I switched out the kind of milk that I've been drinking in the morning because I have been drinking uh, non-dairy milk for, mm, I guess, two years. Uh, but what that has me- meant is that I have been putting oat milk into my body first thing in the morning for about two years now. And oat milk is really high in sugar, which isn't really a great way to start out the day. Like having that little sugar burst is not a, a fantastic way to feel good. And I'm not keen on the soy milks or the nut milks. I, I I used to be vegan during Lent. And whenever I drink like soy milk and coffee, I'm like, oh, tastes like Lent and never Easter. Does not, doesn't bring me joy at, you know, 5.30, 6 a.m. in the morning. Um, so the delight of the week is I really like Next Milk, uh, which is, a, I guess, like a, a nut and and coconut milk, I think. It doesn't taste super coconutty to me. Um, and I, I certainly can't taste any coconut in the coffee. Um, but it works like a like a regular dairy whole milk, which which is a nice nutritionally balanced food. It just doesn't agree with me. And um, it doesn't have that burst of sugar in the morning. And so making that little change, I mean, this is, y'all, this is a little change. This is like just buying you know, one different bottle in the, in the grocery store um, and just swapping that in, in my coffee in the morning. It has made a big difference in how I feel because I'm not starting my day with a little sugar rush, which at first it didn't even feel like, well, you know, it's not really that much sugar because like, you know, I'm not putting tea, you know, I'm not glugging in like creamer into my, into my coffee or whatever. But, you know, that, that little bit first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, it's actually made a big difference for me to have that, have that blood sugar uh, mellowed out. So all that to say, all that to say, it is amazing what to me, it is amazing what that type of insight can do just to like how I feel, where all these things that I have been hearing for years, oh, you know, this diet, this, this diet, that, and not just in terms of what I've read, but in in like my social circles where people talk about the different ways that they're eating and, oh, you got to try this because you'll lose 10 pounds or whatever. It is amazing to me what this particular, this particular set of insights into glucose and blood sugar has done because now I'm suddenly able to see like, oh, oh, here is what was really going on here. Here is, here's why these, the, the mechanism behind so much of what makes people feel good when they're eating in a particular kind of way, not in the sense of like a rigid rule type thing, but in the sense of, oh, having more fruits and vegetables um, can make us feel a lot better. 
So, I don't know if that is helpful for you or not, uh, but Glucose Revolution, Jesse and Chappé, who is Glucose Goddess on Instagram. Last but not least, our read of the week. And as we inch, inch closer to summer, we are so close to the end of the school year where I live in Missouri. Um, I want to start thinking about fun summer reads. And my first one is Musical Chairs by Amy Popple. It is about a musician and her musician father and the music musical world that she lives in, which y- y'all know I'm a musician, so I, I like that aspect of things. But she's really coming to terms with where she is in her life. She's a middle-aged woman. And the musical chairs and figuring out, like, will she have love in her life, like a, in the, a romantic kind of love? And um, where where's her place in the world? And what kind of job is she going to have? Because her life is changing. Hence, musical chairs. And it is fun. And it is warm-hearted. And it feels like a really nice, um, I don't know if beach read is the right, right term. But if you're, you know, thinking about like a library challenge and a fun thing to read in the summer, this is it. Musical Chairs by Amy Popple. Thanks for listening to What Fresh Insight. I'm Sarah Bariza, and you can find me online at sarah-bariza.com, B-E-R-E-Z-A. And that's where you can find my free newsletter. I'll be back next week.